Welcome to another great week here on Brit David Podcast. As Pastor Tim brings us a message today entitled Lost and Found from Luke chapter 15 verses 1 through 32. Maybe the most beloved of all of Jesus' parables is the parable of the prodigal son. Actually, that one is one of three parables told back to back to back in Luke chapter 15. And each one delivers the same message, whether it is the parable of the lost sheep or the parable of the lost coin or what we could call the parable of the lost son. Each one reminds us that without Christ, we are all hopelessly lost. Here's Pastor Tim. Men, you can be seated. Sean, what a good song. Thank you very much for sharing that with us and teaching us new stuff. It's always good. So we've been working our way through the book of Luke. We come today to chapter number 15, and we come to uh, one of the most beloved parables in all of the Bible. In fact, what you find in, in, uh, in chapter number 3, I mean chapter number 15, are three back-to-back-to-back parables. It's an interesting story as we begin to read through these things, and you probably know them very well. We're going to begin today simply by reading through each one of these parables. And we haven't done this in a long time, so if you have your Bible, you're in Luke chapter number 15, take it, stand with me. Let's stand today in honor of the reading of God's Word. The Bible says, Then all the tax collectors and the sinners drew near to him to hear him. And the Pharisees and scribes murmured, saying, This man receives sinners. And eats with them. So he spoke this parable to them, saying, What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he loses one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the wilderness and go after the one which is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. I say to you that likewise there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over ninety-nine just persons who need no repentance. Or... What woman, having ten silver coins, if she loses one coin, does not light a lamp, sweep the house, and seek diligently until she finds it? And when she has found it, she calls her friends and neighbors together, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the peace which I lost. Likewise, I say to you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents." Then he said, A certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. So he divided to them his livelihood. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together, journeyed to a far country, and there wasted his possessions with prodigal living. But when he had spent all, there arose a severe famine in that land, And he began to be in want. Then he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country. And he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would gladly have filled his stomach with the pods that the swine ate. And no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, 
He said, how many of my father's hired servants have bread enough to spare and I perish with hunger? I will arise and go to my father and will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you and am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight and am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Bring out the best robe and put it on him. And put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet. Bring the fatted calf here and kill it. And let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to be merry. Now his older son was in the field. And as he came and drew near the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said to him, your brother has come, and because he has received him safe and sound, your father has killed the fatted calf. But he was angry and would not go in. Therefore his father came out and pleaded with him. So he answered and said to his father, Lo, these many years I have been serving you. I never transgressed your commandment at any time. And yet you never gave me a young goat that I might make merry with my friends. But as soon as this son of yours came, who has devoured your livelihood with harlots, you killed the fatted calf for him. And he said to him, Son, you are always with me, and all that I have is yours. It was right that we should make merry and be glad, for your brother was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. Father, bless your word today. We're so grateful that those who are lost can be found. We're so grateful that we don't have to turn ourselves around, but that you are the one who pursues us, pursues a saving relationship with us. Father, open our eyes today that we may see. Open our ears that we may hear. Open our hands that we may put into action the very things that we have learned and read today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You can be seated. Three parables, one meaning. These three parables each teach the same lesson. And there's a lot of things that we could do as we look into these passages and, and dig down just a little bit deeper into each one of them. But I want to focus with you today on what the message is that Jesus wants to get across to those who are listening to Him. Why is this message so important that Jesus would repeat it three different times? Why is it that Jesus would build a momentum in those stories from one to another and then this gigantically big story, this big parable, to try to get those people into a relationship with himself. If Jesus takes time to do that, you and I need to take time to understand it. So let me give it to you today in two big groupings. Number one, I want you to see who we are. That's what he first begins to show us in this passage, who we are. 
We are sinful, aren't we? We are sinful, and we are lost without Him. We are sinful, and we are lost without Him. That's exactly who we are. And these, each one of these parables begin to tell us that very thing. You know, in order for a person to be saved, a person has to understand that they are lost. In order for a person to come to Christ, they need to know that they are away from Christ. Before they come to Him and expect an answer from Him, they need to understand that they have a need. And there is no need more gigantic than the need that you have that's built on your sinfulness and on His holiness. The Bible says that no sin will ever enter into the gates of heaven. If I want to be in heaven then, if I want to be with the Lord, if I want to be with my loved ones, then I've got to get this straight. And so Jesus tells them very plainly three times over, we are sinful and we are lost without Him. How so? Well, the first parable deals with a shepherd who has lost his sheep. He's a, it's a parable about the lost sheep. That's what we may call him. Well, if we are the ones who are lost, this parable then is a parable about us almost aligning us with sheep. That we are like sheep. We are kind of like sheep. In fact, I would say this to you if you're following along in your notes. We are weak, like wandering sheep. We're weak, like wandering sheep. The things that happen in life oftentimes overwhelm us. They're more than we could, more than we could hope for. More than, I mean, more than we could ever hope to deal with. More than we have strength for all by ourselves. We need the Lord. Like a sheep needs a shepherd. So you need the Lord. That's what Jesus said, wasn't it? When he looked out over those crowds that day, the Bible says that he was moved with compassion because he saw that they were like sheep who had no shepherd. They would be like people today who have no Savior. People today who have no relationship with God. People today who try to handle the issues and problems of life all by themselves and in their own strength. You need to know that without the Lord, we're as weak as a wandering sheep is. Now, to be told that we are sheep is not a compliment. <laughs> it's really not, is it? The, the Bible tells us, and, and, uh, and, and those who, who deal with sheep, shepherds tell us, I mean, I hate to put it this bluntly, but sheep are dumb, Right? Sheep are just not the smartest animals on the, on the block. The, 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 the shepherds would tell us that if, if, uh, if a sheep is in a little pat, patch of grass and he's eaten all of that grass so that there's nothing but dirt that's around him and yet there's a lush patch of, da of grass just on his side. He's not smart enough to leave that dirt and go all the way over there to where that grass is. Sheep need a shepherd. Sheep need a leader. We're just like that. We're not, we're not equipped to go through life all by ourselves. We need a shepherd. Nobody in here wants to admit that they're dumb, so we'll just say that the sheep are and that we're a little bit like them. All right? So sheep are dumb, 
Number two, sheep are dependent. Sheep are dependent. They are utterly dependent upon that shepherd. They have no protection of their own. They have no provisions of their own. They simply wander about. And sometimes they wander off. Just like this sheep in this particular parable has said. They are dependent on someone to give them direction and to provide for them the things that they need. You and I are like that, aren't we? Thirdly, sheep are defenseless. They're defenseless. You may from time to time find a, find a, uh, a sports team that's named the Rams, you know, because they've got those horns, right? But sheep don't. You, you, may find, you may find a sports team that's named after a number of animals. Maybe some that have thick coats like a sheep does. The sheep just doesn't have any defenses. We don't name any teams after sheep. Because they're not strong. And they're not aggressive. And, then, and, and they just simply are prey to so many different predators. Why does the sheep, shepherd, keep the sheep inside of a fold at night? To keep away the predators. Why does the shepherd only put one door in that fold? And why does he himself lay in that door frame? To keep out the predators. The shepherd needs to be the defense, the protection for that sheep. You and I are a lot like that, aren't we? We don't protect ourselves very well at all. In fact, we're weak, like wandering sheep. But the second parable tells us something else about ourselves. I almost hate to say this one too, but we are, we are as worthless as wasted silver. We are. You know, from time to time, we like to think that, that we have great worth. That maybe to somebody, we're like a Bill Gates. You know, to somebody, we are, we are worth something. Simply based on our own, in a spiritual sense, we have no worth. Other than the worth that the Lord Jesus places on us. That means that you don't simply deserve to be saved. It means that you can't earn your way to being saved. We're as worthless as wasted silver. Think about that second parable with me for a moment. I would say that we are just like that coin. We are lost in darkness. We're lost in darkness. What did the, what did the woman have to do? The Bible says that she lit a lamp. She lit a lamp because he's in darkness. The truth of the matter is, is that we as people like it. The Bible says that we reject the light of God's truth because we love darkness. We love for our deeds. We love for our attitudes. We love for our thoughts to remain hidden so that nobody really knows what's going on on the inside. We hide ourselves. As if the darkness can do that for us. 
when I was growing up. In my room, I had, a, I had bunk beds. And I always slept on the top bunk. One of the reasons why I slept on the top bunk was because I didn't like the bottom bunk. Bottom bunk was creepy. The bottom bunk was a little too close to the floor for me. The bottom bunk was also dark. But there was a day when my dad was as angry with me as he had ever been, and I gave him good reason to be so. And he sent me to my room, and I knew that it wouldn't be long before he would come in there. I got on the bottom bunk. (laughs) And I slithered myself all the way to the farthest, darkest corner of that bed, hoping maybe I would remain hidden. That's how many of us live life day by day by day. We get in the farthest, darkest corners away from God, thinking that maybe He won't know. Maybe He won't see. Maybe He won't notice what I'm really doing or what I'm thinking about. We're lost in darkness. Number two, we are lost in dirtiness. In dirtiness. Not only did that woman have to light a lamp, the Bible says she had to sweep the floor. That coin's in there somewhere. And it's covered up with the muck of that house. Somewhere. Somewhere deep down inside of you is a soul that God wants to save. While you're trying to find the deepest, darkest corners to hide from Him in, we also recognize that we are covered with the soot of this world, with the dirt of this world. We find ourselves involved in nearly any kind of activity that our wicked minds can imagine. Maybe we feel like we're okay because we go to church. Maybe we feel like we're okay because we've been baptized. Maybe we feel like we're okay for any number of reasons. But the reality is, is that without Christ, I remain in the dark. Without Christ, I remain dirty. Like wasted silver. Find that I'm worthless. Thirdly, we're talking about what it means for us to be sinful and to be lost without Him. In the first parable, He said that we are weak like wandering sheep. In the second, we are worthless like wasted silver. And in this third and this longest parable, we are wretched like wayward sons. Make sure that if you're taking notes that you put an S on the sons, right? We often call this parable the parable of the prodigal son. But there are two prodigal children in this passage, aren't there? There's the prodigal son who runs off with the wealth that he's been given and he squanders it with prodigal living, the Bible says. But Then there's the firstborn. The older son, he's just as wayward. His heart is just as lost. 
he may be playing a very different game than his brother, but he is just as lost as his brother. Let me tell you something. When it comes to an assembly like this, there are far more of us who are like the older brother than those of us who are like the younger son. Lost is lost, isn't it? We are wretched like these wayward sons. We learn from this passage that we are, like him, depressed. Depressed. The Bible says that once he went out and spent all the money that he had, suddenly now he doesn't have anything to eat. Doesn't have any means to get anything either. The Bible says that no one gave him anything. So many times that we're waiting for somebody else to hand us what we need. For somebody else to pull us out of trouble. For somebody else to do for us what we ought to do for ourselves. When nobody comes knocking, we become depressed. We become dejected. We become very sad about our situation and very sorry for ourselves. There's a depression that takes place in the soul of a lost person. Without God, without Christ, without hope. With nowhere to even see where the next meal is coming from. We're depressed. Number two, like that son, we are degraded. We are degraded. What's his genius idea? The Bible says that he went and he connected himself with a person in that land where he is. In other words, to, to, to come up to him to, try to, to find, try to find employment, to try to find help, to try to find a family, to try to find something. By the way, to try to find everything that he had already abandoned and given up. What does this man force him to do? Not just going out in the fields to work. That's not the issue. He was already doing that at home. The older brother's still doing that. It's not because he made him work hard. It's where he made him work. To go out into the pig pens and throw slop to the pigs. To clean up after them. Now, maybe you and I don't don't see that quite like the Jews of this day would have. Maybe you think, wow, that's, that's free bacon. <laughs> well, what a, what a better place to work. For the Jew, this is the worst place to work. Pork was forbidden to them. The pigs were an unclean animal. So to work for a man who was a pig farmer... That's one slap in the face. To have to work there among those pigs themselves to scoop their poop, so to speak. That's another slap in the face. And then when he is resigned to eat the pods that they eat, his face is slapped and slapped and slapped. Not by his father. Not even by the Lord. 
but by his own culture, by his own belief, by himself. This poor son, this poor wayward son, depressed and degraded, also becomes dissatisfied. We too are dissatisfied. Try any other way to God other than through Christ, and I guarantee you that you will be dissatisfied. This week we've been reading through Ecclesiastes. I told our prayer group during the day, I I struggle with Ecclesiastes. You know? Because over and over and over again, the wisest man in all the world says, I tried to find meaning and I tried to find happiness. In this area, and in this area, and in this area, and in this area. I tried to find it in my work. I tried to find it in my play. I tried to find it in what I eat. I tried to find it in my home. I tried to find it in all of these areas. And he continually comes back and says, Vanity of vanities. Everything is vanity. Everything is futile. I struggle with that because then I begin to wonder, does what I do matter? Do I try to find satisfaction in my job? Do I try to find satisfaction in my home? Do I try to find satisfaction in luxury or recreation? I'm only going to find satisfaction... In the Lord Jesus. Now listen to me. In Him. In Him. Not just in what you do for Him. What you do for Him is something far different simply than Him Himself. Your satisfaction, your happiness, your meaningfulness comes from Him. And anything less will leave you dissatisfied as a prodigal son who goes or a prodigal son who stays. Join us tomorrow as Pastor Tim continues his message from Luke chapter 15 verses 1 through 32. Pastor Tim would love to connect and share with you about a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and how you can know that you know that Jesus is your Savior and Lord. That address is church office at BritDavid.org. We are located at 2801 West Brit David Road, Columbus, Georgia, 31909. Thanks again for joining us here on Brit David Podcast.